TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Welcome in. Happy to have you here with us on a Wednesday morning. Um, Okay, we have a couple lawsuits to talk about this hour. The first one deals with McDonald's. Some of you will remember, 30 years ago it's been now, that there was a lawsuit against McDonald's over coffee that was too hot. Here we are again with this. Yes, and it's almost the same story. And I say almost advisedly because I think that there's a pretty important distinction between the two. And, and they point out at the beginning of the story that the, the initial hot coffee lawsuit from the mid-90s ended up becoming a sort of a national punchline and, and a sort of an avatar for... Uh, frivolous lawsuits and people are saying, oh, you can sue over hot coffee. Well, why don't you just be careful with your coffee and don't spill it on yourself? And, and it, it just went over and over and over again. And then people started really, some people started really looking into what happened that day and the amount of damage that was done to that woman by mm-hmm. a cup of coffee that never should have been capable. It, it was way too hot and never should have been capable of doing to her what it did. And the fact that she had to have multiple reconstructive surgeries afterward, it was horrible. Well, this one is different in that the initial McDonald's hot coffee lawsuit resulted in third-degree burns to the 79-year-old woman who had that cup of coffee in 1992, or rather didn't. It was spilled on her in 1992. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's an 85-year-old woman, and they're saying that she suffered first- and second-degree burns from a McDonald's coffee. That's And I'm not saying she doesn't have grounds for a lawsuit, but that is a dramatic difference in the amount of damage done. But it's a delicate part of the body. Sure. Where that happened. Oh, absolutely. So so you're right. It's not as bad, but this lawsuit could stand on its own. And it it will. Um, In part because, well, let's talk about what happened here for a second. So this was in June. Her name is Mabel Childress. She bought a cup of coffee from a San Francisco McDonald's drive-thru. In a lawsuit, she says employees did not properly secure the lid. Yes. We'll come back to that. Yeah. Uh, the coffee spilled, gave her severe burns in in the groin area, which, again, delicate part of the body. Um, according to the filing, she said she tried to report the incident to three restaurant employees, but they ignored her and refused to help. I don't have a figure in this for how much she is seeking, but she's looking for compensation for physical pain, emotional distress, and other damages not specified. Yeah, they uh, and they also didn't specify... As we found out from the initial lawsuit back in 1992, that had the temperature of the coffee on it. And and it also had the average temperature where McDonald's tends to keep their coffee machines. This one didn't say. It didn't say how hot the coffee was. But you're right. The two big differences in this are she went to them for help and was denied or ignored. I mean, it's always good. Same thing. Right. Yeah, really. When somebody says your employees just burned me, you might want to listen to them and pay attention to what they're telling you. And the other thing is, if she can make the case that they should have put that lid on the coffee, they handed it. And I've had that happen. I don't usually get hot drinks from McDonald's, but I've had that Mm -hmm. happen with cold soda. 
that I'll go to McDonald's Same. and have them hand me one and it spills all over me. Everywhere. Yeah. Sure. So if if that's the case, then it is their fault. Oh, I don't want to I don't want to blame her, but let's talk about that for a second. About the lid not being on tight. Um if you you're right, I don't I rarely ever co- order coffee out. I, I usually just get it at home. I rarely ever, or particularly in the drive-thru. Usually if I get coffee, it's like I go into QT or something like that. It's rare that I get it in the drive-thru. But let's talk about she is handed a cup of coffee from the drive-thru window. I know we're going way in the weeds here, but is it her responsibility to make sure the, like to push on the lid to make sure it's tight? Does she have any responsibility there? I think we know it's the McDonald's employees. They should they should do it right. Sure. Does she have any any responsibility to double check it? I well, and that makes a difference as to how this happened because you could you could clearly see this happening. Normally, when it happens to me, again, it's usually with cold things, so you mm-hmm. know it doesn't do any damage to me. It just makes me go, oh, really? So uh, it, you know, the, it gets handed in through the window, and I feel it spilling on my hand as it's coming into the car. Yeah. And I go, okay, yeah, and it gets all over me, and then I push the lid back down, and I just go on with my day and go get a new pair of pants. But in a case like this. With with hot coffee especially, you can easily see this happening. 85-year-old woman, or for that matter, 25-year-old woman, goes up to the yeah. drive-thru, is handed a cup of coffee. First thing that happens is because the lid's not on tight, it spills onto her hand. Yep. What's going to happen when hot liquid like that spills onto your hand? You're going to drop We're, the coffee cup. Yep, absolutely. Um, so if it was that huh. fast... And yeah. and I, you can easily see it happening that quickly. If it was that fast that the coffee spilled all over her because it was coming in through the window and it burned her hand, she dropped the cup because it surprised her and it burned her and then it landed all over her lap, then yeah, absolutely. I mean, in that case, she wouldn't have had time to have any responsibility for what was happening there. Um, and I'll just ask the question, because you're right, I assume that happens fast. Again, I don't want to I don't want to victim blame, but how do we know the reason it spilled is because the lid wasn't secure. Have you ever picked up something and, and held onto it too tight? Sure. I've done that. Yep. Where somebody hands you something and I don't, maybe, um, I think this, those are styrofoam, if I'm not mistaken. The, the McDonald's cups, cups. yeah. Yep. So you grab it too hard and you pop the lid off Actually, or you, you open it. Let me go back on that for a second. Now I'm thinking to myself, are they paper? The, the McDonald's coffee cups may very well be. Uh, I okay. know we've been trying to get rid of styrofoam for a long time. If you know on the text line, I don't remember the last time I got a cup of coffee from McDonald's, but you know what I'm talking like the Starbucks cups are paper. I'm trying to think of what Starbucks cups look like. They're hot um, coffee cups they, because they have that uh, the, the little ring around them, the little cardboard ring that they give you so you don't burn your hand. Yes. Because the, the paper that the cups are made out of doesn't insulate like styrofoam does. So if you know for sure... Uh, whether or not the the or whether the the uh, McDonald's coffee coffee cups are paper or uh, styrofoam, somebody just texted in they are paper now. Okay, so okay. yeah, paper coffee cup like that. Sure, I mean you could if you squeeze it even just a little bit, you could make the lid pop off. And that maybe that's what happened. You know, it's awkward handing that out through. Like a lot of times, I have to open my door if I'm in a drive-through because I, I didn't get close enough. Mm-hmm. I, so that maybe is awkward. But as somebody else pointed out. 85-year-old skin is very thin. Yes. And she is more likely to suffer burns more quickly because the the skin is so thin. 
And somebody else just pointed out, sometimes people grab things from the lid, which you should never do. And I say that I do it all the time. (laughs) And I'm going to sit here and tell you, I I should never do it either, but I do. And you're right. I mean, it's easy to to grab this giant cup that I have by the lid. And sometimes by doing that, yeah, it makes the lid pop off. Some of you are texting in. Are phones back to working? Do we know? 913-586-7788. Not yet. This is making me crazy. Who knows? Um, feel free to text in your thoughts here. Um, how do they prove the lid? How do they prove that the lid wasn't securely handed to her or that the cup wasn't handed to her with the lid secure? This is where uh, video cameras are probably going to come in handy because I think just about every drive through in the world, McDonald's included, if you, if you walk in, you can see uh-huh. the little TV screens that they have. I don't know how long they keep recordings of that. If that's just for you know somebody who's who's accused of hey look the phone's working, uh, if it's if that's for somebody that's accused of theft or you know trying some chicanery with change you know that the scams, uh, but for whatever reason yeah most of them do have. But I just wonder, does it show detail enough? To show whether a lid is on tight. You may have to infer that from the video itself. If if they're right. handing it to her and she grabs it down around the middle of the cup and you can see that the lid's not secure, then mm-hmm. sure. This will be an interesting one um, that plays out here. Okay, we can go to the phones because they're, in fact, working. Yeah, let's go. Uh, Ashley has called us. There she is. Hi, Ashley. Phones are working. Yay. <laughs> Makes a talk show a lot easier to do. <laughs> yeah, much easier. Uh, you know, this is probably a 50-50 her fault and their fault. You can't prove that the lid wasn't put on there tight enough. You can't prove that she squeezed it and made the lid pop off. You've always got to be careful when you're handling hot beverages, especially something that is a fluid that will, you know, slosh around, etc. Where McDonald's screwed up was not paying attention to this lady. If somebody says they got hurt on your property, whether you're a business or whether it's a you take them seriously and you get them attention, whether it's your fault or not. And, you know, even if you think, hey, it wasn't my fault, you still make it look good so that there is no appearance appearance of impropriety. Yeah, and you, and you want to know, I mean, there there's one question that you should ask if you're in a business and you're in that situation where somebody gets hurt or says they got hurt on your property. There is one question that you can ask at the very outset that will both cover you to a degree anyway um, in a situation like this. And will uh, you know? Will will get you the closest to, to getting somebody the help that they need, which is you look at, back at them when they say, "I was just hurt. I got coffee spilled on me." The question you ask them is, "What do you need?" And yeah, and those exactly. four words, I mean, that will get you right down the road because at that point, yes, you're showing you do care, and you're going to get them the help that they need. And if they tell you, "I just need some napkins," okay, well then, story over. That's all you ask for. That's all you get. Yeah, and when you don't act like you're concerned and you're just like, oh, well, sorry about your luck, then that's going to tend to maybe make some people angry, especially when they've just been burnt, you know. So let's try to make let's try to manage expectations and do the right thing from the outset rather than just be like, sorry, you got burned. Life goes on. Yeah, Gee, sucks for you. Yeah. Are you are you actually actually are you saying customer service should be a thing? Yeah, I know. It's this crazy thing that some people really appreciate. I was on the phone with a woman the other day about my son's school pictures, 
and they hadn't come. It had been two months since we had ordered them. And she told me, well, ma'am, don't get frustrated. If I weren't frustrated, oh, I yeah. would not be calling you. Yeah. That's like, a, a, so, tell, tell a woman or a man, for that matter, calm down. <laughs> That's a great one. People love to be told. <laughs> Ashley, you're awesome. Yeah, Thank you. not Th- a good idea. Thanks very much for the call. Um, yeah, and, and I want to, we should address mm-hmm. this, too, because the yeah. text just came in. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, hit it. Um, somebody's pointing out, uh, I'll just read this. You guys are focused on the wrong thing here. It has nothing to do with the secure lid or what the cup is made of. It never should have been served at the temperature where it could cause that severe of a burn. Texter saying the temperature is the issue. I think that's true in the initial case, and that's why I said at the beginning, the fact that Mm -hmm. she suffered first and second degree burns. um, If I remember right, first degree burns are redness, second degree burns are blistering, and third degree burns are melted skin. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, I think that's if, if I screwed that up, feel free. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, blistering can result. I mean, I can't count the many times that I've had blistering inside my mouth from biting into food that was too hot. It doesn't yeah. take much. So I would agree with you as far as the first hot coffee lawsuit when it never should have been as hot as it was. In this case, we don't know how hot it was, but it just doesn't take that much to blister skin. And what McDonald's, I'm sure, would say to that is we have to pay attention to what the customer wants. Mm-hmm. They don't want lukewarm coffee. Right. It's like I think about, um, yeah, so what's the fine line between making sure it's hot but not so hot that if it were to spill, it's a problem. And this is a conversation that we're having a lot lately. The, um, wasn't the McNuggets? That, yeah, that was McDonald's. Duh, McNuggets. We're, we're having the conversation a lot about the temperature of food that goes through the drive through and, the, and again, what I come back to a lot is whose responsibility is it to check it? Because in the McNuggets lawsuit, we had a question about whether mom should have checked the food before she handed it back to the kid. That feels like a stretch to me to, yeah. to ask mom to check the food first. And I'll point out again, I mean, who among us has not burned their mouth on hot food right. at a restaurant? Well, gee, yeah. shouldn't we have checked for it? Yeah, we should, but we don't. If you have further thoughts here, 913-586-7798. Speaking of lawsuits, uh, we have a mom here in Kansas City who is suing Hyundai. Talk a lot about the uh, the thefts of those vehicles. We'll get into that coming up next year on KMBZ. Oh, boy, this next lawsuit uh, that stems from the attempted uh, theft of a vehicle in Kansas City in April that left a woman shot and her blaming Hyundai. Yeah, she, here's how this all went down. She was in her apartment uh, and heard something going on outside. Went to look and she says she saw a guy out in the driveway with a ski mask who was trying to steal her car. So she yelled, hey, get away from my car. I think like most of us would probably Mm -hmm. do. And she says he got up and started walking back toward his car. And that's when he turned and shot her. Hit her in the chest. The bullet is still there, lodged in her lung. And, uh, there, I mean, there were bullet holes in the vinyl siding mm-hmm. of the house and all of this. So, it, I mean, it was an awful situation. But she's now saying, and I think you could probably piece this one together, that because she drove a Hyundai and because Hyundais and Kias have both been the poster child for stolen cars recently uh, because of the, the problems with their ignition switches, that they become a target for criminals, that because Hyundai and Kia didn't act quickly enough to fix the problem that her car then became a target for thieves. If she hadn't bought a car from Hyundai, she maintains that she would never have been shot because there wouldn't have been car thieves in her driveway. Okay. I have a couple questions. Mm-hmm. Um, one is, 
does this then like if this lawsuit can go forward if, if this lawsuit ends up going in her favor does that mean that anyone who has had their hyundai stolen can go after hyundai because just because you weren't shot you still suffered pain and suffering stress whatever sure does that mean that if your car is stolen you can go after hyundai for whatever that cost you yes Yes, you can. Well, and, okay. and, and regardless of what happens with her suit, you could already do that. And in, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, isn't there already a class action suit against Kia and Hyundai? I believe so, yeah. I, I think there might be, but over exactly what you're talking about. You guys were a big pain in my butt because I bought your car and your car is likely to be stolen. So the question that I have about this lawsuit is there were cars that were stolen before the Kia and Hyundai thing happened. Uh-huh. So uh -huh. I, if I'm sitting on a jury, you have to convince me that there's no way somebody would have tried to steal your car if it wasn't a Kia or a Hyundai. And all they have to do is go around Kansas City and look at the list of cars that have been stolen in the last five years and show any of them that aren't Kias or Hyundais. Wow. Okay. Um, what her attorney is going to try to prove, and this is in the lawsuit, um, it says instead of recalling the cars and installing the ignition uh, engine ig ignition mobilizer, they're just throwing a Band-Aid on the problem. They're saying Hyundai knew what the defect was and they didn't fix it. And that's the difference. Hyundai knew there was a thing that made their cars more likely to be stolen and they didn't fix it, which to me separates it from any other model of car. For 12 years, by the yeah. way. I mean, from 2011 to 2022, that, that's a, a large gap for them to know that they've got a problem and, and not to do anything about it. And it's only, somebody brought up, yes, there uh, there is a class action suit. And as a matter of fact, handled by an attorney right here in town, in Independence. $200 huh. million dollars they're seeking over, that's just over the, the, uh, the problem with the ignition switches. So what she's dealing with, yeah, I mean, this gets down into dividing up blame right and mm -hmm. dividing up responsibility saying okay yeah. yeah her car was more likely to be stolen how much more likely was it to be stolen how likely would it have been for her to be the victim of the exact same car thief if she had a chevy or a toyota than it was if she had the the hyundai that she has i boy i i, I still think it's going to be an uphill battle i can see her point of you guys didn't do anything about this for a long time and you could have uh -huh. saved me this. But I don't know how a jury's going to react to that. I want to bring up, I know we have calls holding on, but I want to add in the mix here two points that are being made on the text line that go to her responsibility in this. Mm -hmm. Several of you have said she knew there was a problem or should have known that that vehicle was more at risk when she bought it. So she chose to buy a vehicle that maybe was at more risk of being stolen. And somebody else said she put herself in that situation because she confronted by yelling out her window at 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. She confronted the thieves trying to take the car. That's true. And and I'm sure that there, you know, Hyundai's lawyers are going to say if, if this ever gets to a courtroom, and that's a big if, mm -hmm. but if this ever gets to a courtroom, I'm sure that that's exactly what they're going to say is, well, yeah, you saw your car being stolen. You should have called the cops. Stayed in your house, and you never would have been confronted. They wouldn't have even known you were awake. Oh, boy. 913-586-7798. Uh, Jim, if you can, I think we're up against a break here. So if you hang on, we'll, uh, we'll get to your calls next here on KMBZ. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. All right, 3.30 in the morning is when this went down. Uh, You have a woman in Kansas City who hears, she's up feeding her baby. She hears something going on outside. She has a Hyundai. Uh, She sees a man with a ski mask in her driveway. She opens her window, says, get away from my car. He walks back to his car and then starts shooting at her. And she is hit. That bullet is still in her. Now she's suing Hyundai saying, you didn't fix what you were supposed to do in these cars and this is on you. Essentially, yeah, because you made your cars really easy to steal. You didn't do anything about it. They, All the thieves know they're easy to steal. That guy wouldn't have been in my driveway if it hadn't been for your lousy product. And that's the, the beginning of the lawsuit. We'll see where Jim and Shawnee thinks it ought to end. Hey, Jim. Hi. Uh, two things. One, I don't blame her for yelling out the window. I would have yelled, too. But how many news articles does she have to see or anybody have to see to realize these are easy to steal, and police departments and even some cities are giving you steering wheel locks. So it's very evident that that's the solution, and she didn't do it. Now, I drive a Toyota Tundra, and they're known for their catalytic converters being stolen. And they was actually stolen while I, before I bought it. When I bought it, I had to wait for them to get new catalytic converters. They stole them <laughs> off a lot. Oh, people are and the solution, is a, the solution is a skid plate, and it's easy to get and put on. And I haven't done it yet. If it gets stolen, is it Toyota's fault or is it mine for not taking the initiative to put that skid plate on? I still haven't done it. So you would, and you would maintain that because you haven't gone the extra mile to do something that was, that that you would have had to do over and above the cost of the car, that it would be your fault if your converter gets stolen. I knew it when I bought it because they were being put on from being stolen. They said these are, these are a target. I think it's got four. And, all I got to do is I bought a used one. It needs a skid plate. They're about 300 bucks. Yeah. But I chose not to get one yet. And police departments are saying, come in, we'll give you these, these steering wheel locks. And if you haven't gotten one, it's on you. All right, uh, Jim, thank you. Yeah, he's right. I mean, that's, that's another thing that's going to be part of their defense, I'm sure, which is why didn't you do anything about it? Yeah, um, I want to come back to the fact that she yelled out her window for a second. Um. And how much that contributed to her being shot instead of them just thinking the house is dark and and taking the car instead. Um, I can see the like the impulsive reaction. You're, you're in your kitchen. You know, it's the middle of the night. You happen to see something going on outside. And your your thought is, I'm going to yell at them to go away. Like, hey, because you just think you're going to scare them off. You don't think they're going to shoot a gun at you. You just think you're going to scare them away. I wonder what a jury would think. Yeah, I I can honestly say, I think, I mean, you never know until you're in the situation, right? But I think that my initial reaction would have been to pick up the phone. It wouldn't have been to yell out the window. It wouldn't have been to confront them in any way. I'd have picked up the phone and dialed the, the police department number, you know, that, that's programmed mm-hmm. in there and said, hey, somebody's in my driveway trying to steal my car right now. 
But maybe that's not what she would have done. Yeah. Like maybe that's not everybody's first reaction. And is it reasonable? Yeah, that's right. that's again what the jury is going to have to weigh is does a reasonable person think of picking up the phone or does a reasonable person run out and confront the guy who's trying to steal your car? She didn't run out, but I right. mean even yelling out the window, you know, get, confronting them directly in any way. Is that what's reasonable in that situation or does the reasonable person call the call the police? Let's go to Tim in Blue Springs to see what he thinks. Hey Tim, Hey, uh, I was just going to say, there's been a lot of cars in history that have been super easy to steal. This is just the first one that was made so public. Sure. Okay. Um, you know, the, the internet has been the biggest part of this that I think has made it such a big deal. I mean, Camaros from like 82 to 92 were super easy to break into and super easy to break the ignition and get it to start. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I mean, any park me any sedan outside from 1985 to 19 or to yeah, to, to 1999 and give me 10 seconds to get into it. I'll, I'll get right. in there. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm with you, Tim. And, and I guess that comes in. Thank you for the call. I guess that comes again down to Hyundai and Kia knew that their cars were easier than most. They knew they had a problem, and it was because they used shoddy equipment. They used plastic steering or uh, plastic uh, ignition locks. So if you know that, once the problem is, is made known to you, which all indications are happened very early on, and you decide not to do anything about it, at what point does the liability become yours because you just backed off? Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know why I don't like the argument. She shouldn't have bought the car, but I don't like that argument. They shouldn't have been selling the car then. Yeah, like it's, right, which it, is what it, she's effectively saying. Right. Right. I don't feel like it's, it's on her for buying the car. And as far as confronting them, uh, somebody just texted in mom instincts, question mark. You want to get the threat gone ASAP. I understand that. But until she was at the window, he wasn't a threat. He was stealing her car. He wasn't trying to get into her house. I don't I don't have the mom instincts, so I don't know. <laughs> well, we're, neither, we're neither do I, apparently, but for obvious reasons, I guess. Um, um, uh, let's try Mike in to begin. See what he's thinking about. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. So my thoughts on this have changed just a little bit now that I know more about the situation. When I first heard it, I thought that she actually went out there and confronted them. Uh, but now that I know that she just yelled at them through the window, um, from a legal self-defense perspective, um, if someone is stealing your property, you have the legal right to, to stop them using regular force. You can't use lethal force. You can't go out there and just start shooting a guy. Um, that would be wrong, but you can yell at them. However, it is highly inadvisable because something like this could happen. Mm -hmm. You know, you just want to let them take this stuff. That's what insurance is for. Let it be. So I, I wouldn't have done that personally, but I can see how, from her perspective, she would. You know, she sees that there is a threat to her livelihood out there, and she's going to yell at them, stop. So um, so if you're on that jury, that the, the part that, where she confronted them doesn't mean anything to you. It doesn't take anything. Right. It doesn't take points away from her. Right. No, in my opinion, that doesn't take away points. And I, I also say, you know, would it be any different if she had done it through a ring doorbell camera, you know, where she's not yelling at them through the window, she's yelling at them from the camera. You know, would that would people view that differently than through the window? Um, so but ultimately, you know, it's her trying to blame Kia for this. I, I, I don't see how Kia is responsible in any way, because it would be no different than if they were trying to steal anything off of her property and she confronted them. You know, Kia specifically, I, I don't see how they're responsible for this in any way, it is, really. It is different. If somebody was trying to steal her lawnmower from outside, the difference would be, did the producer of that lawnmower know it was easier to steal 
and not fix it, not make it less easy to steal. That's what she's saying about this. You knew that these cars were easier to steal for a long time, and you didn't do anything about it. She's making basically making the case yeah. that, that they lured thieves onto her property with, with the promise of an easy car to steal. I, I guess I could maybe see that. I, I would definitely be curious to see how this one plays out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This one's this one's hard to say, I guess. Yep, we'll see. Hey, Mike, thank you. Um, yeah, again, great points. And yeah, that that I mean, is is the lure of that car because of its reputation as being easy to steal? Is the lure of that car enough for her to say that thief wouldn't have been there otherwise? And I think that's going to be the toughest case to make, simply because so many cars that were not made by either of those companies are stolen every year. Yeah, and you can look at her neighborhood. I, I don't know where in Kansas City this was, but you could look at the crime stats for her neighborhood mm -hmm. and say, listen, you're in, a you're in an area that where cars where are there's stolen. there's a lot of car thieves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't boy. know. This, I have no idea where she lives. Yeah, but. This, this one is, is – you're right, though. I mean, that, that's going to come up. They're going to look for everything they possibly can to try to defend themselves, and I think they've got some pretty ripe ground here. But, um, yeah, we'll see how successful it is if and when. And I'm sure, like most lawsuits, this one's probably never going to get to a courtroom. If anything happens here, there will be a settlement. All right, let's wrap this up here with uh, Hakeem in North Casey. Hey, Hakeem. Hey, Jamie. How y'all doing? Good. Hey. Um, I want to correct you on one thing. I never correct this the first time. Them clubs, I will tell you on the air, off the air, how I know. But them clubs, everybody, listen, do not buy them clubs. Them clubs is not protected. I'm telling you from experience, they are not protecting your car. You buy the one that goes on your brake because that's steel, and they cannot cut through it. So don't buy nothing that goes on the steering wheel that's a club. All right. Buy that brake. Buy the brake one. They can all get alarm, but make sure you hide that brain, so they won't go underneath your um dashboard and take the loose, and that's it. And disconnect it. Yeah, it, Hakeem. Thanks. Yeah, every every anti theft device has an override. If it didn't, you wouldn't be able to use your car anymore. Right. So, I, I've heard the same thing. I have never had a club on any of my cars ever, uh, but. but I mean, there's no particular reason behind it. It's not because I think they're garbage. What the club is designed to do, there's a reason why it's bright red. It's mm -hmm. designed, it's not designed to make your car theft proof. It's designed to make your car a bigger pain in the butt to steal than the one next to it. So that they give up. Right. So, so that they, they just steal somebody else's car that doesn't, because it's, it's another, all a car thief wants is to get the car and get out as fast as possible. If, mm -hmm. if the club makes it 10 seconds longer, then it's going to be enough to make him look at the car next to you that doesn't have a club and take that one instead. Appreciate everybody getting in here. 913-586-7798. Uh, we'll switch gears here coming up. If you've ever had acupuncture, I think we all kind of have this fear a little bit. Like, are they going to push too hard? This time they did. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. John, have you ever had acupuncture? I can't believe we talked about this. No. <laughs> okay. Um, I have. I don't love it. Um, I don't blame it, you. It's one of those things that I just do every so often. If I have a problem and nothing else is working, I'll think, you know, it's not going to hurt anything to go. Um, and... I've never gotten a big benefit out of it, but I don't hate it either. I don't, I don't love needles, but you really don't, you really don't notice that a whole lot. It's uncomfortable, but not painful. Now where I go is a fully licensed facility 
with many people, the chiropractor, multiple other doctors in the same building. I am certain that everyone there is licensed. In this case, this guy was not. Yeah, um, I'm going to save my rant about acupuncture for another day <laughs> in deference to what you just said. Uh, but yeah, I, in, in this case, it was an unlicensed actu acupuncturist in New York City who is accused of, among other things, performing a procedure that caused his patient's lungs, both of them, to collapse. I, I don't know how far you have to stick a needle into somebody to make their lungs collapse, but uh, because he was unlicensed, he's been charged with a raft of crimes. It's not supposed to hurt that much. <laughs> I, 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 you no. would think if in order for to get that far to collapse your lung, and these are little needles, that would hurt a lot. I mean, usually if you do acupuncture, it's it's a bunch of little needles uh -huh. and it's uncomfortable, but not painful. If it's painful, you're doing something wrong. Um, so I don't know what she noticed, uh, but she's 63 years old, visited a medical office in Queens for relief of stomach and back pain. He administered 17 treatments over the next several months. I bet that cost a fortune, even though he is not a licensed acupuncturist and had never even applied for a license in the state to practice. So October 28th, she goes for a session. She doesn't feel well. He does additional acupuncture and a cupping treatment and sent her home. On the way home, she collapses on the sidewalk. Bystander sees it, calls 911. Both of her lungs had collapsed because the guy pushed the needles in too far. Yeah, and because... and. <laughs> cupping too because of course he was uh anyway uh, yeah and because he was unlicensed he's been charged with not only uh, you know the unauthorized practice of a profession because he wasn't licensed to do this uh, he also uh, got a charge of reckless endangerment in the first degree and and here's the one i'm a little surprised by although i'm glad they did this assault in the first and second degrees Remind us the definition of assault. Depends state to state. Um, and I'm guessing what New York State does is they combine assault and battery into one charge. Mm -hmm. So uh, under Florida law, for example, assault is threatening somebody, making somebody feel afraid. Battery is unwanted touching of any kind. But in Missouri, assault covers all of that. That's so what I thought. I thought we had a pretty broad definition. Yeah, and I'm not sure which one it is in New York State. But because they charged him with assault, I would have to believe that they, the illegal touching part, uh, because, I mean, he was operating under the auspices of something he didn't have, is what got him charged with assault in the first and second degrees. But th there shouldn't have been, I mean, an assault charge almost always means that the touching has been prohibited, if it, if it involves that, if you're in a state where mm -hmm. that's covered, that it's, it's touching that has been prohibited by the person who was touched. She said, it's okay, give me acupuncture. He mm -hmm. did. So I don't know if they're going to be able to make that one stick. That's going to be a fun one to watch. It's interesting because... You're saying, go ahead and do this thing. But I assume you know what you're doing. Yes. I mean, I, I do that under the assumption that you're not going to hurt me. It's under these parameters that you, you know, that, that you know an acupuncturist is supposed to do. The same way as if somebody shows up. I mean, you, you know, you're, uh, let's say for the sake of argument, you're stabbed. You know, you walk out of a, a restaurant downtown and somebody walks up and stabs you and your lung collapses, which happens quite frequently when you get stabbed like it did here. And a guy comes up and says, it's okay. I'm a surgeon. I'll help you and grabs this and you say okay great you're a surgeon cool fix me and he grabs a, a scalpel and rips you open from stem to stern 
okay, that's not cool. Uh, and it's especially not cool if he's not actually a surgeon. So because right. he lied to you, he's now guilty of assault. Yeah. For me, it also raises the question of, and we've talked about this before, about when you go to see a professional that would normally have to be licensed, do you check? When you go, if you ever get a massage, do you check to make sure that they're licensed before you make your appointment? Or doctor, or, I mean, nail technicians need a license. Do you check to make sure they have a license? Yeah, and most times, especially with doctors, uh, and I guess probably with, with certain kinds of therapists as well, they'll have all that stuff hanging on the wall. They want right. you to see that. Right, but when you call to make your appointment, you just, like, I don't go, I usually you do that by phone. You just assume that, and I don't know why we assume this, but you assume if they have a website and if that, like, oh, well, then of course they must be licensed. Yeah, you can it make anything. Official. You, right, you can make anything look official. And, in, and for that matter, I mean, you can phony up documents that say you're licensed, too. Yeah, um, that's a conversation for another day, but about... I mean, where you go to confirm that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't. If you ask me right now, just even in general terms, what a Kansas state medical license looks like, I don't know. It's on pretty paper and it probably has some kind of gold seal on it somewhere. <laughs> you know, that, I, I would have no idea. So if somebody phonied one up, I might look at mm -hmm. that on the wall and go, oh, okay, well, there's your certification. Cool. We're good to go. Especially if she didn't have any problems until she needed surgery and had to stay in the hospital for six days. Yeah, until treatment number as, 17. Yeah, as long as it was going well, then you wouldn't think otherwise. I'll also be curious to know um, how much she paid him over time. It's not cheap. Usually, in my experience, the first time you go, it's 100 bucks usually. Yeah. And then when you go back to the same person, it's usually lower after that. Yeah. You, th you think of the horror stories that we've talked about here on the show where somebody goes to a guy in a hotel room for mm -hmm. unlicensed plastic surgery. Hello, Miami. Right. I'm looking at you. Right. Uh, and, and that kind of thing happens. And then they're surprised to find out that the guy filled him up full of spackle, you know, it, it, and that kind of thing has gone on because people are looking to save a buck. And that because you said what you just said about the fact that actual licensed acupuncture, even though that sticks in the back of my throat, uh, is expensive, then that's probably why guys like him exist, because they say, oh, he's going to charge you 500 bucks. I'll do it for 50. Yeah. We'll see um, if we learn more about that. Uh, real quick, we have a very Florida man, Florida man story. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. Oh, man. I, this uh, every time I see one of these, I think, OK, could it possibly get worse than this? And in this case, the guy had to go all the way to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Um, he was a, a, a guy who you know is from Florida, went to the Upper P uh, Peninsula of Michigan to Sault Ste. Marie and is now accused of terrorism because of a crime spree that involved setting several police cars on fire. I mean, this guy had to go all kinds of bananas. Um, and uh, they, I mean, they eventually got him under control, but the amount of damage that he did, um, including setting the vehicles on fire and confronting police officers themselves uh, with an intent to murder, by the way, uh, has, has now been charged with terrorism as a result of what he did, which just goes to prove it doesn't necessarily have to be political <laughs> or religious. <laughs> right. uh, you do enough damage, they're going to charge you with that. 11 counts of assault with intent to murder, multiple counts of weapons violations, and then there was the setting the cop cars on fire. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, that guy's in a lot of trouble. All right, we'll take a break here. Coming up, 
so now maybe it's confirmed, maybe not. Maybe it's confirmed about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 